Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to another episode of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I'm going to be talking to you about the workplace considerations you need to have for the aging population. So the working population is aging. Aging is a fact of life. The longer we're on this planet, the older we're going to get. And with that comes a whole load of different issues. And because the working population is aging, well, then employers are being faced with the challenge of providing the safe and healthy work environment to meet the needs of this cohort. So if you look at it now, I was very shocked to learn when I started to study this, that the older population is anyone considered 50 plus. Now it's 50 plus or 55 plus, depending on what study you're reading. But either way, I might be a little bit biased, but to me, 50 plus seems quite young to be considered an older worker. But again, that could just be uh, my age speaking. I know in a job that I had previously, we would have done a lot of work with companies who would have done medicals on their staff that were 65 plus. And um, because here in Ireland, it's around that time that people start to retire and a lot of people would want to continue working and their employer would do a medical to make sure that they were still kind of healthy enough and fit enough to safely do their job. So in my mind, when I think of the older workforce and we're talking about the challenges, my mind would always initially go to that kind of retirement age and what we need to do for those. But actually, yes, if we're looking at it from a biological point of view and looking at all the studies, we're talking 50, 55 plus. Now, the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the US has done a study and they've said that the older worker and for them it's 55 plus are the largest and growing segment of the US labour force. Now I can't imagine it's much different here in Europe and Ireland. In 1996, 55 plus made up 11.9% of the national workforce. In 2016, it was 22.4%. And it's projected in the next three years, so 2026, to be up around 24.8. So we're talking a quarter of the working population in the US will be made up of people who are 55 and older. Now, that's quite a jump from 11.9 to 24.8. And I suppose there are many reasons for this. Like if we look at it from one point of view, well, you know, if we say generally people are fitter and healthier for longer. So most people are now more physically and mentally able to continue working into their 50s and 60s than they may have been previously. Obviously, because of, you know, better lifestyles, access to medication, um, advances in treatment for different conditions. So people are physically well for longer. Another reason, I suppose, is financial reasons. So a lot of people have to work into their late 50s, 60s plus because they just need to to get money um, and they have to delay their retirement. Another reason is that some people just like to work. Some people like the sense of purpose, the sense of enjoyment, the kind of social interaction aspect of work. 
And then you've got to look at it from another point of view. Some sectors, some employers need their older workers to stay in the workplace because there might be a shortage of talent in a particular work area and they actually really need those guys to stay on. Um, Older workers generally bring quite valuable skills and experience and knowledge. And in that case, it's really, really crucial to address any needs that they might have. So what I'm going to do in this episode is we're going to just kind of give a general discussion about considerations you need to have to make sure that the workplace is safe for the aging workforce. Um, And I do say these are general recommendations. Obviously, if we're doing this in the workplace, we always look at individual cases and individual tasks and make very specific recommendations based on that. But we'll just give some general recommendations because the ability from person to person is going to differ. The task demands are going to vary greatly based on the job. So general recommendations for different areas that you need to look at if you are employing people who are 50, 55 plus. Um, and I suppose what we want to consider first is why why are there special considerations? Why do we need to be thinking about this? And what you need to understand is individuals 50, 55 plus are going to start to experience physical and cognitive changes just associated with age. And as common um, age-related issues will be things like reduced strength, reduced flexibility, reduced bone density, declining vision, declining hearing, um, slower reaction times, and an increased susceptibility to chronic conditions. So we're looking at things like, you know, you might have somebody with developing cardiovascular disease. You may have somebody developing type 2 diabetes, um, arthrosclerosis, joint degeneration, hypertension, high blood pressure. You could have somebody with reduced cognitive abilities. They may be the early onset of Alzheimer's and dementia and all these different conditions that you just need to be aware of. And the impact that these changes will have on an employee's ability to safely do their job, as I said, it's going to vary greatly. And that's something that we would look at on an individual basis when we are doing an ergonomic assessment with somebody or with um, an establishment looking to make tasks fit for everyone doing them. So age is something we do take into consideration as well. So we're going to look at four just general different areas to consider. So the first one is your ergonomics and your workplace design. So one of the best ways that you could support the aging workforce and your workforce in general is to make sure that your workplace and the equipment and the tasks fit the people that are going to be using them and going to be completing the tasks, whatever their abilities and whatever their needs may be. So consider the following areas. So one is your adjustable furniture. So obviously make sure you provide adjustable desks, chairs, screens to accommodate different heights, different physical abilities, and make sure that there's any additional supplementary equipment available, such as footrests, phone back supports, maybe speech to text software, people know that it exists and know how to use it, know how to magnify their screen, and make them aware that if additional support is required, it will be made available. Then if we're looking at additional support, so one area you'd have to look at is your risk assessment. So conduct annual ergonomic risk assessments on employees who have known musculoskeletal or underlying health conditions. The reason I say that is that will allow you to capture most people age 50, 55 plus. And I don't think that's a sweeping statement. 
you will you could put an age limit on it that these people get annual assessments you could put the annual assessment in place based on the demands of a task or you could put it based on known underlying conditions but it's just to make sure that you capture this group and identify quite early on what supports they need that they have it in place that it's not a case that someone is in a role for one years two years three years with underlying issues that need additional support and you don't know about it until, you know, something happens and you kind of look back on it then and, and realize you should have done it sooner. And as I said before, some employers do conduct annual over 65 medicals to make sure that the person is continuous fit for the role. Um, however, I would kind of try and get in place a rigid ergonomics program to make sure that, as we said, anyone who is under 65 and experiencing issues will be identified and catered for quite early. Another consideration that I actually feel sometimes is slightly overlooked is lighting. So make sure you have well-lit workspaces. And that's to obviously help try to reduce eye strain, but also to aid vision. That if anyone is suffering from or experiencing slightly decreased visual acuity or issues with their vision in any way, there's loads of different issues you could have, that it helps them to be able to see what they need to see, to be able to do the job safely and make sure that additional lighting is available if it's needed. If we're looking at the general workplace, you will want to make sure that you're eliminating your kind of day-to-day hazards. So this should be like an active thing that on goes. You are continuously, and everybody is continuously assessing the work area for hazards such as slippery floors, damaged floors, obstructed pathways, trailing cables, um, debris on the floor, anything that could be a risk of a trip, a slip, a fall, a knock, you know, anything, your general kind of physical hazards that you just see around the workplace. The reason, obviously, this is important for everyone. Like, we, we always want to make sure our, our workspace has kind of minimal hazards. But if you think about it from, if we're looking at the older population, the impact that a slip, trip, fall, or contact injury could have on a person is obviously going to be larger on an older employee versus the younger employee. Their ability to recover may be reduced or may take longer. The actual physical injury that results from an incident, a slip, a trip, a fall or a contact injury could be greater. So you could have somebody who you could have two employees. If we take that example of two employees, you slip and trip on the fall. One person, you know, gets up. Oh, that's a little bit sore, a bit of a bruise, no big deal. And they continue on their day. The second person could slip, trip and fall, could break a bone could really, really damage themselves and result in longer periods out of work or restricted duties. So important for all areas, but an extra consideration when you're thinking about the older workforce. And the last area under this ergonomics and workplace design umbrella to look at is your break areas. So just make sure you have comfortable designated break areas where people can go sit down, relax, unwind and just just chill out for a little bit. Let them help reduce fatigue. Obviously, fatigue is a big cause of workplace injuries. So comfortable break areas where people can just go and rest and recharge during their break times can be really, really helpful. The second area we're going to look at is training and education. So empowering your employees with the knowledge that they need is really, really crucial for promoting workplace safety. Now, obviously, the reason I put this after kind of workplace ergonomics is, in my opinion, you're always best to try and engineer out the risks as much as we can. 
But the next area is providing training and education so employees can adjust their behavior. So the way we do this is by increasing health and safety awareness. And that means doing regular training on your general workplace hazards and your emergency procedures and any preventative measures you have in place. I would do these quite regularly. So again, we're talking annually more if procedures have changed, if anything changes in the workplace, but it just allows the guidelines, the topics, the actions that they need to take to just stay fresh in the mind, you know, so employees are alert. Task specific training should also be conducted. So make sure you have specialized training regarding the safe operation of equipment and machinery. Again, do this quite regularly on any current equipment and obviously immediately whenever any new equipment is installed or brought in. And the third part then would be your wellness program. So encourage healthy habits, offer wellness programs that can help increase their awareness of the importance of being physically fit, of how to maintain a good mental health, how to develop good nutrition habits and how to manage stress. And this will benefit, hopefully benefit them not just in work, but in their, in their general day-to-day life as well. If we go back a little, the third area, if we go back a little to the ergonomics and the workplace design, another thing similar that would often come up in risk assessments as well is workplace accommodations. So to support the unique needs of an aging workforce, you should consider implementing what we would call reasonable workplace accommodations. And this would be the things like flexibility in the work schedule. So offer flexible hours, maybe work from home or part-time options to allow the older employees to manage their energy, allow the older employee who may not have the capacity no longer to work full-time, but keep them on the part-time so you still get to retain that talent, retain that knowledge, and then they get to manage maybe medical appointments or a lot of older employees might now have carer responsibilities either for a parent or for a partner or even for a child. So you can kind of retain them in the workforce but allow them to manage some of the needs that will come up as they age. Job rotation is another great way. So if somebody is in a role that's quite repetitive, bringing in job rotation or even task sharing can just minimize repetitive motions that can cause injury and reduce the risk of overexertion. And I will say again, if the task is quite monotonous, you will just help to kind of keep the mind sharp because if you're in a monotonous task, it's quite easy to kind of get off into a little bit of a daze and lose concentration, lose focus, and that's where injuries can happen. So job rotation is really good as well for helping to keep just the mind alert. Assistive devices is another accommodation that can be provided. So make sure, firstly, that your employees know that they can ask for them. And secondly, that you provide them. So and assistive devices, like it could just be handrails, it could be magnifiers, it could be speech-to-text software, it could be different types of keyboards, different mice, it could be different tools that will enhance safety and productivity for the older worker. And if you provide health insurance, make sure that the coverage is comprehensive and it addresses the needs of your employees. There's no good having them on health insurance packages, if, especially for the ageing workforce, if their needs are not going to be met on it. And the last area, the fourth one I'm going to look at is health promotion and support. So encouraging a culture of health and well-being can be fostered by implementing the following initiatives. So one is your regular health screenings. 
So these are not fitness to work medicals. Health screenings are, at least here in Ireland anyway, is where it's a perk essentially that the employer offers where employees can go get a checkup, get a physical, get their bloods done, get different tests done depending on the different levels. Just as a screening, they're not feeling unwell. Some people do it every year. Some people do it every two years based on age. But by doing them regularly, you're more likely to detect and address any potential health issues that crop up. Let's be realistic. Most of us do not go to the doctor unless we're feeling sick. And in some instances, that can be a little bit too late. So encouraging employees to undergo regular health checkups, you're not getting the results. You're not getting them declared fit or unfit. You're just providing this service that they're getting regular checkups to keep an eye on any of these potential health issues. Really, really important for everybody, but incredibly important for the older workforce when a lot of these conditions that can be picked up, like for example, high cholesterol and your diabetes can be picked up quite early. Mental health support is another area. So like mental health, I don't want to say the term buzzword because I, I don't like that term, but it is something that we have increasing awareness of, thankfully. And by providing mental health support, and I'm not talking about webinars, I'm not talking about posters up telling people to, you know, stay happy and all this kind of thing. I'm actually talking about practical mental health support. So provide access to counselling services, provide access to employee assistance programs, really, really practical tools that people can use to help support their mental health. It might not be workplace stress. There might be nothing wrong with the workplace whatsoever. But as people age and as families grow and all these issues arise, especially the older population, can just be a little bit more susceptible, I feel, to declining mental health. There's a lot of demands as you get older and situations can change and things can happen. But by providing them that practical support, you'll help to keep them mentally well. And lastly, healthy lifestyle programs. So this does kind of tie in with the wellness um, aspect I mentioned earlier, but by organizing educational workshops and seminars that focus on healthy eating, exercise, work-life balance, stress reduction, it just brings it to the forefront of their mind. Something might click that maybe there's an issue they're having and or maybe they're not sure how to eat healthier maybe they're not sure on the type or amount of exercise they need maybe they don't even realize that they're stressed um, or that their work-life balance is out of whack but just by hosting these programs it can be really good at bringing that to the forefront of their mind and help to keep them well because these programs really should cover like emotional physical social and financial health so even bring it like as i say bringing people in to talk about pensions to talk about all this kind of stuff yeah it's a little bit you know boring for some people but it's important stuff that people need to know and can be really really good for the older workforce so by doing things like this you're going to create a workplace that prioritizes the health and safety of everyone but especially the aging workforce and it's not only essential to do it so that your employees stay well, but also to maintain productivity and employee retention by understanding their needs and implementing the things like we said, like ergonomic design principles, appropriate training, accommodations. You're just creating a safe and supportive environment that benefits both the organization and the employees. So embrace these strategies and help to foster an inclusive workplace that respects and appreciates the strengths and experiences of the aging workforce. Your company will be so much better for it. You get better retention of your staff, 
great transfer of knowledge and experience down from the older workers down to the new intakes because you have to remember the older workforce workforce the older workers in most industries have experience and knowledge that are not in your employee handbook they're not in the job description they're not in your sops there's things they have learned on the job that is absolutely invaluable and that only they know and they only know it because they do the job so really really important to try and keep these guys in as long as they want to be there and as long as you want them to be there and just really really promote a healthy and safe workplace for everyone but especially for the aging workforce so that's all that we're going to say on that as always i will put a link to the blog for this episode in the show notes as i will also put my email address and my social media handles if anyone wants to get in touch i'd be delighted to hear from you reach out if anyone has any topics they would like me to cover i'm always delighted to take suggestions and until next time everybody stay well